In today's episode, we're discussing a bunch of random questions like our thoughts on when is the right age to get your ear pierced, how do we handle summer birthdays, and any clothing restrictions we have. Hey everyone, welcome to the Papa Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. You know, from time to time, we do a segment we call Musings on Fatherhood, and it's really just a chance to get each other's takes on a bunch of random questions that we might have. And these are actually the kinds of questions that I'd normally be asking Jim when I bump into him at school or on a play date or something like that. And with the kids back in school and socializing with a larger group, on my end, I now have a series, a new series of mini challenges, uh, and I'd really love to hear Jim's take on some of these issues that we're facing on our end. Uh, but first, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. I'm Jim. I've got two daughters, five and eight. So uh, in episode 29, just a few episodes ago, we did a quick check-in on how school is going. And I just wanted to see, Jim, uh, if you had any updates, especially with the girls being at a new school. So the girls have transitioned pretty well to the new school, and I was really happy to see that. We, you know, we, One of the podcasts we talked about some of the things we did over the summer to get them sort of acclimated and, and to, uh, you know, meet some of the other new kids that were, that were going to be starting at the school. And there's a couple of kids in the neighborhood that were already students at the school that, um, uh, that my wife set up some play dates with so that the girls would have some familiar faces when they went to school. And it's it turned out great. I mean, the, the girls are actually socializing with, with other kids, not necessarily the ones we saw over the summertime, but to have that sort of entree into the school, I think worked really well. So, uh, both of them by the second week, I was, I wasn't concerned at all. You nice. know, I was worried about the, uh, particularly the older one, you know, the, mm-hmm. the bullying of the new kid or, mm-hmm. you know, feeling left out. And there was one day, just one day where she came home and, you know, we asked her about her day and she said she ate by herself and, and it's just like, Oh, it just got my yeah. heart. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we talked it out and, and, uh, and it was the only time there was ever, ever an issue. It was a, it was a kind of a, a quirky situation. So uh, so she's doing great. And the younger one is just starting kindergarten. Her personality is more outgoing. She's more, um, more, uh, more, and she interacts with kids really well. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's, well, it, she gets a lot of attention from the other kids when we come and come and go to school. So I know that she's got some good relationships. So all in all, I think it was a good transition and I was nervous about it. It was the, my biggest hang up about moving, about changing schools mm-hmm. and it turned out really well. Nice. Yeah, I mean, so on uh, that episode, I was talking about how I was feeling super overwhelmed at the beginning of school because at the time we recorded, we hadn't started on our end. Uh, We've been back now for, I guess, uh, two weeks, and I'm feeling less overwhelmed in one sense, but now that birthday season is upon us and we just came from a birthday and we've got another birthday next week and we're back to play dates and then after school activities have started up, so I'm now again starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed. But uh, at least on the weekend, a lot of that is our doing, right? We can choose not to go to some of these birthdays, but uh, we have been going to them and we'll continue to do some of those and the play dates. But our kids have been back in the groove and they settled in really easily to the, you know, back to school schedule and everything. So things have have quieted down as we've sort of entered our second week here and are are feeling pretty good. Uh, I had one other question for you, Jim, about the, the school stuff, because, you know, given that we're, we're sort of still in COVID and there, there's still some, uh, restrictions i think on on sort of how we do things are you guys seeing any school sponsored events for you know like new parents to get to know people or are you doing a lot of that stuff on your own finding the play dates that you mentioned um to sort of get the girls uh you know build build up that social network for the girls 
We were open to it, and we had looked at a couple of events. We went to the first one. Uh, I think it was just the first week of school, first weekend of school that was uh, for fam for new families to the to the school, oh, nice. and and it was it was okay. But we ended up. Uh, I mean, I think we were the only third grader mm. there. Mm. I mean, there was another kindergartner for uh, for the younger one, mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't. I'm really not interested in meeting families that are new to school. I want to meet the families of the kids that right, in are class. in the class. Mm -hmm. So we only went to that one. And, uh, but still we've been, we've got, uh, some neighbors nearby that has some girls about the same age and there's some other kids up the street. And I mean, that's the nice thing about, about this school. Uh, you know, the, the prior school felt very, I, I guess, diverse is the right word where it just it was drawing people from all over mm -hmm. the city Yeah. And now being in this sort of suburban neighborhood, there's this real sense that the people that we go to school with are the people that we live with. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, what, whatever the the radius is, two miles or three miles from the school, mm -hmm. something like that, everybody that we, everybody that has kids in that area is going to be going to that school. So it feels like the, like the socialization and the meeting other families is more about getting acclimated and getting, mm -hmm. uh, getting uh, fit into the community. Uh, less so specifically about getting in with the kids at the school. So, uh, you know, again, and I credit my wife with this. She sets up a lot of play dates for, for both girls. And we've been, uh, we've had invitations for both of them to go to uh, the, the neighborhood pool. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at, um, at getting those pool privileges so we can, uh, I, I get a feeling that that's sort of a center of the community. So there's going to be some overlap between neighbors and, and parents of kids. So we're, we're looking forward to that. So, uh, you know, I had mentioned that uh, I think a lot of the questions that I have in, in this podcast are really coming about because we're back to school. And, and if we we're still in summertime, I wouldn't have these questions. But the first question that I have is, you know, our son just turned five and he just had his first sort of real birthday this year because prior to that, he was in a daycare where they really celebrated the birthdays and and so it was pretty easy to be for that to be his birthday but since we had moved out of the daycare into a standalone sort of whatever pre-k four last year and he had his own class it was the first time that we sort of brought in his classmates and everything and since he had a summer birthday and it was you know covid year so the class was very small there were seven kids and in the middle of the summertime we couldn't i was like if if we can get two kids to show up i'll be super happy And we couldn't get two kids to show up. So ultimately, we ended up celebrating his birthday almost about two months later, right before school started. And I'm just wondering, you know, I think you guys have a summertime birthday. I'm just wondering if you guys do the summertime birthday or if you sort of delay it and how you guys do that. The younger one is right just about right after the new year in January. And then the, the older one is in the middle of July. And, you know, it's, we, the last two birthdays have been kind of non-standard. The ones before that were a little bit different. But we've had, a, we've had a, the experience where we set up the birthday and just kind of, you know, cast a wide net and just kind of anticipated there would be a lot of people on vacation. And that was true. And, you know, so we had kind of a small birthday. Uh, we also had one year where we put out the, the wide net and, like, everybody came. Like, mm. it was the, like the school, uh, like a party for a school weekend. Mm. Um, so, and then this year... You know, again, it's kind of non-standard, but this year we just had a small gathering, uh, you know, with our daughters and and um, and a couple other girls, and uh, it felt appropriate, especially given that we were in a new place and and uh, you know trying to keep those connections going. Well, you know, before this kind of social networks really set down. Yeah, I think we're starting to wonder if. So yeah, we also have a July birthday. I'm kind of like, do we just continue to celebrate in uh, you know early September, late? Uh, 
August simply because, you know, people won't be around. So we're, we're, I think, trying to figure out what that looks like moving forward. And I don't know if this year will be reflective. It's interesting that you said that it, it varies so much that, you know, sometimes everybody shows up and sometimes nobody shows up. What we ended up doing was there was one one of his really good friends. I basically scheduled the birthday party around one of his good friends. So I'm like, look, if nobody else shows up, as long as his good friend shows we'll be okay. And, and that's sort of when I did it. And that might be kind of how we think about it moving forward is, you know, pick a friend or two friends. We'll schedule the birthday around their schedules and anybody else that shows up. Great. That's, that's awesome. But if not, no worries, your closest friend or two will be there. But uh, I guess we'll have to figure this out again the following year. My, my daughter's birthday is sort of at the back end of school. So we're we kind of have a similar thing where if we let it go one week or two weeks later, then summer vacation has started. And so we have a similar issue. So her birthday usually tends to be right on or maybe a week early. Uh, and so um, I, I was interested to hear what you have to do uh, on the birthdays. Yeah, we had considered doing the, the half year birthdays. So, mm. uh, you know, instead of in July, we'd celebrate. And I guess it's not a great time either. It'd be right at the holidays, but <laughs> doing, a, a you know, the six month Mm-hmm. rather than the year but it just it didn't feel authentic you know yeah that's, it's, a, that's not it's like we're forcing birth- it <laughs> yeah and that's not when the birthday is it's not really exciting because we're obviously the family's going to celebrate the real birthday anyhow right. so then you're just kind of having a party and calling it a birthday so. <laughs> right. although yeah. i don't know i don't know any kid that would be like i don't want to do that yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> so the next question i had and this is that you know function again of my daughter being back at school and, and seeing the other kids pierced ears She's like, can I get my ears pierced? We actually also just came back from a camping trip recently and the four-year-old girl had her ears pierced. And my daughter's like, what's up? Like, what? what why yeah, why right. can that girl pierce her ears and not me? And I, I had to tell him, like, look, I, I have to talk to your mom. You know, I'll get back to you. Because I, I honestly didn't know what my wife was going to say and what her thoughts were. My wife doesn't wear a ton of jewelry. I think her, her ears have, like, I think they've already closed up, like, many, many moons ago. So she doesn't wear a ton of jewelry. Um, and... So personally, I was like, yeah, that's fine. I don't see what the problem is. And my wife also was kind of like, yeah, I guess. But we're going to do a little bit of research. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I can get infected, I guess. But I, I'm not sure what other research we could do. But but uh, so I think we're leaning towards letting her do it at eight. But has your daughter asked? And I guess the question is, what do you guys, where do you land on this whole when is the right time? I think that this question and a couple of the others that uh, that we're talking about uh, on this episode and and also offline is interesting because it's I think it's because we've been in the COVID restrictions we haven't really had a full school year or whatever I think what we're doing now is we're finally sort of confronting the uh, the peer group mm-hmm. and I think w- what you had suggested is that there's a sort of our, our kids are being raised by a community and it's because of the influence of the peer group. And we've already had a couple of those things come home. There's some, uh, nothing outrageous, but, uh, you know, the the older ones being exposed to new things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You talked about the Descendants. She just got into Descendants Mm because apparently her new group of friends is really into that. Uh, You know, and so we bought the book and we watched the movie and things like that. But the, yeah, and and like I say, this and a couple other questions. So the pierced ears, the older one had a friend who had her ears pierced since they were in daycare, since she was, you know. And she always, and the, the older one always wanted to have her ears pierced. And it was kind of a, you know, a thing that popped up every now and then. So we just said eight, eight years, you know, mm. if, uh, if you turn eight and then you can pierce your ears if you want. And she hasn't had any interest in it. So, mm. I mean, she's been eight now for what yeah. two, three months now. 
and um, it hasn't come up. But that was prior to that. That was the deadline. That was the the threshold. Eight years, and then you can get your ears pierced. Yeah. So my, I mean, it feels like probably the kids at school are don't have their ears pierced because otherwise, I would think that she would be right. noticing. Right. Like exactly. part of what she's trying to do is figure out how to fit in with this new group of exactly. girls, and if. No one's got the ears pierced, then that's fine. Yeah, I, I haven't known. I mean, I certainly haven't been around the girls a lot this year. I don't think her, you know, um, I, th- I don't think her closest friends have pierced ears. But yeah, she is sort of noticing them on other girls. And it also could be that she, a couple years ago, she took a jewelry class. And so she makes necklaces and bracelets and then some of these kits that you get were you know got the be it comes with the sort of the metal for the ear you know to make earrings and i'm like well i don't you know the rest of it she can wear and the others she's selling but she's like i don't i can't use these Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so i think there's also some of that too where she's been kind of wanting to make some earrings for herself because she is starting to go to school so what she started to do is make jewelry at home and then she's giving them to friends and things like that it doesn't seem like anyone's putting in a a friendly request for earrings but i that could be sort of one of those things that's coming down the pipe so yeah it is interesting i think it is true that you know our kids are being pulled is not necessarily the right word but yeah i mean like assimilated being assimilated yeah and to other sort of other families and, and the larger community um at large so yeah i think sounds like we're probably going down the pierce deer path we're like all right give us a couple weeks while we just think it through and do our research and then i think the other question is like where do you go to get your like i do i want to go to like the the mall it's like the 18 year old (laughs) kid it's like you know at the same time like am i going to go to a tattoo like a you know like a piercing parlay that that also feels a little bit much so i think that's probably also part of the research piece is like where should we go get this done um so yeah there's still a few things outstanding but it does feel like we're leaning towards letting her do it well, the pure steers is and this is the big issue, and you and I have talked about this is the phones. You know, pretty soon there's going to be enough phones in the pure group that mm-hmm. we're going to have to make a decision, and then we're going to have to you know figure out the guardrails around that, and you know yeah. the criteria. For, I don't know. It's and that's not a that's a decision that I would put off as long as possible, mm-hmm. uh, but it's going to be forced on us when the pure group starts to be starts to get there with the phones. Yeah, and my guess is it probably will start from the kids who are our daughter's age, but have older siblings, right? right? So that's exactly. the second the parents are like, ah, screw it. You know, they, the older one fought for that phone or maybe the phones didn't really exist when that older one was there. Right? right. And then now it's just kind of becoming more and more every day, which leads us nicely into the second question I've got here. Or the third question I've got here, which is iPad calls. So my daughter, you know, like I said, we've been back for two weeks and she's coming home and they're jumping on the iPad and, you know, she's chatting with her friends. And I'm like, you just saw these girls. Like, what's <laughs> up with that? Because we're still in the stage where we're trying to control a little bit of the screen time. And so there are, like, from one of her really good friends who she sits next to and eats lunch with. And I'm like, how much more time do you need to spend with this girl? So they jump on iPad calls. I guess they had their first, like, group call. And as I was telling you on uh, before we, we recorded the podcast, she asked me to set up a Zoom account for her because one of the friends wants to share screen because she's got this game that she wants to show my daughter. I'm like, I'm not setting up a Zoom link for you. But, um, you know, so far we've sort of let the iPad calls go and monitoring it a little bit in terms of the frequency and the time but how are you know ha- has your daughter come up with any of this stuff and then i guess 
how would you think about it? Yeah, we it has not come up. We our daughters don't do a lot of the iPad calls. They call their cousins and they call uh, the grandmas, mm-hmm. uh, and every once in a while they'll be. I mean, I, gosh, maybe not even every other week. Just every once in a while it'll come up. You know, can I call? Can I call my friend? Or can we set? You know, we'll arrange it with the parents uh, over text and make sure that's a good time to call. But it's. I mean, what you're describing is it's like a digital play date, and it's going to be. You know, brave new world. It's uh, you know us uh, old guys trying to figure out how to manage this digital sort of these digital relationships. Um, so no, it's not a big deal. And and I think that I mean the only rule that we do have is uh, particularly when they were younger, and, and certainly for the kindergartner now, is that the parents got to be in the room uh, during the call, at least be in the room. And then the older one is now she's she's okay. We let her take calls in her room if she wants and have a little bit of privacy. Uh, door open though, and um, that seems to be fine. That seems a, it's a comfortable level of, of supervision. Yeah, yeah. I think for us too, part of it, like one of her, one of our family friends recently left the country, and so the only way the kids can communicate right is through Zoom, and so that's I think part of too where it feels fairly natural for her. I mean, obviously we went through a whole Zoom learning system, which is a bit of a drag, but in terms of just sort of the socialization on Zoom that it felt like a pretty natural extension for her. So just, you know, it, they sort of just flow into these other calls with their friends on at school. And so, yeah, it, you know, I, I think I struggle with the balance of the screen time coupled with the, at least for the friend that's abroad, like, well, that's, you know, it's, they're only certain because of the time difference and everything. They're only certain days of the week that they can talk. And it's really the weekends and, it's like the best time is like during our dinner, which is kind of messed up. But but so we let her do a little bit of that. But yeah, I mean, as as they go forward, I'm just wondering if this is going to become a more frequent thing, and you know, just kind of how we manage and monitor it because I can. It, it feels like it can it can get out of hand pretty easily, and it is. I think it is akin to that conversation about you know phones. Is that hey, everybody else is on the phone and so I'm I'm you know losing part of my connection to this peer group because I'm not part of these things after school. Right. And I, I don't right, yeah, and I, I'm not clear whether the iPad calls have started that. It does feel like since they're one on one, it's probably a little bit less. Although she does say sometimes, well, I know this girl is calling this other girl and I'd like to call her you know, so it's it's you know, this is probably the the first step of that stage of yeah, the FOMO and using the phones and the, I mean, she's starting to text on the iPad to her friend. And I'm like, well, you, you literally just got off the call and you're texting now, like done with this iPad, like I'm taking it. So it, it does feel like there's a slippery slope and um, yeah, sooner than later. I mean, I just realized our, our girls are going to be in middle school in shockingly little time here. Oh yeah, totally. It's right, <laughs> right? around the corner. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I can't imagine that we're going to be able to hold off the phone conversation that much longer. I mean, it'll, it'll be here before, we, before we're ready for sure. So the next question I had, which I guess is also a little bit part of the, you know, the social sphere here are sort of clothing and any sort of clothing rules that you have for the girls. Again, with the peer group, and I think that's, you know, having to having to balance our family's rules and guidelines, I guess I'll call them with the, the sort of the social peer group, you know, mm-hmm. and so far it hasn't been a problem, but as you said, with middle school, I think it will be, mm-hmm. 
you know, what sort of, um, what level of modesty are we comfortable with? You know, what's, you know, what's the, an appropriate sort of dress? Or do we have a dress code or whatever? Um, so far, I mean, we've just, we've just been very clear. There are some things that, you know, that, uh, we just say, you know, we, we just don't wear that in our family. Mm-hmm. And so far that's been good enough because, you know, we don't want to make any sort of judgments or, right. uh, make it weird in any way. It's just like, just, we don't do that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, our family doesn't, doesn't wear that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think it's just the beginning of something that's going to be a bigger issue later, obviously. I mean, I can remember my older sister having similar conversations all the way through high school. So I mean, it's, it's going to be a bigger deal, but so far it hasn't been. So it sounds like though she has come home saying, like, I want a X, and you guys are like, mm, that's that's not something we do. Or kind of how has, has she voiced uh, an opinion to get something that you guys are like, mm, I don't think we're... We're, we're cool with that. You make a good point because it's not, I mean, obviously the clothes that she has, we're buying for her. So it's not that we're buying <laughs> well. inappropriate clothing, but there was, uh, there was some, um, accessories mm. that, uh, that just didn't seem appropriate. And, um, I guess there have been, uh, maybe like uh, probably some, you know, some shorts and t-shirts that, mm. that probably, you know, could be a little bit more modest and we just, mm. you know, we don't, we don't wear those, but I, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's. I think you're right. Things that, like the phone or the ear piercing, it's going to come down to like, well, you know, so and so wears that, or you know, we'll be at the store and like, you know, can I get that? My friends wear that, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're similar. The, the only thing we have one sort of rule about clothing, which is our daughter loves wearing dresses. She basically only has dresses, and so our rule because it started, I think, in pre-K. Four when the girls are just running around with dresses and they're like hanging from the monkey bars upside down mm-hmm. and the dress goes straight up and so we said okay you got to wear shorts like yeah. shorts under yep. dresses and at yeah. that point like if they're biker shorts who cares right it's really just a function of like covering up your underwear and so at this point you know after like two years of like, all right are you wearing anything under that dress that she knows the drill and so actually just recently we had to buy more like biker shorts because she's got more and more dresses and uh, the shorts the number of shorts hasn't kept up but other than that she she doesn't really ask for too much uh certainly in the way of things where we're like "Mm, that feels on the bubble because i think it's not simply a function of maybe the style of clothing but sometimes it's maybe what's written on the clothing or right that sort of the design element so it's not necessarily the cut of the clothing but the kinds of things that's also on the shirt or pants or whatever that's reflected and we we thankfully haven't really had to have any of those conversations yet um but yeah it does feel like again as they get older and it, it i think it sounds like 11 is when things at least from what i'm hearing from other parents with daughters that 11's the age where things start to get uh, pretty complicated and i always thought i had more time than 11 because 11 is right around mm-hmm, the corner for our mm-hmm. girls but yeah it feels like certainly some of these things that we haven't really had to confront that we sort of we've had glancing blows shall we say we you know i think in the next probably two years even before they're 11 that, that we're gonna have to face these things head on and really kind of uh you know determine where we stand on on it we had an interesting conversation recently, uh, my wife and I, about uh, about Halloween costumes because there's this sort of disturbing trend. Mm. You know, if you think about uh, about adult costumes, there's the you know the the nurse or the sexy right. nurse, right? There yeah. really there isn't an adult costume that hasn't been sexualized in one way or another, right? Right. And it's disturbing to see that that same trend is happening for for kids' costumes. You know that, and it's also a gender thing. 
you know, the kids, uh, uh, you know, the boys costumes are very sort of, sort of plain and, and spot on. And then, uh, and then the little girls costumes seem to have the sort of sexualized edge to them, which is really weird. The skin tight and everything. Yeah. yeah. And like the, you know, the fake bodice and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's just, it's just not, it's not appropriate. So the, uh, uh, yeah, the younger one uh, wanted to be a, a devil, and it really wasn't a devil costume. It was like a somebody dressed up, you know, and, as if they were going to a, a costume party or something like that. Dressed mm-hmm. up as a in a in a gown or a, or a dress, and it just didn't didn't feel feel right. So that's another example of things that I don't know. Maybe the other kids are doing it, but it's just not something we're going to do in our family. Mm, got it. And which is, I guess, the last and maybe the most. Not contentious, but the most difficult. I think so. You guys have already started the sex talk, right, with your daughter. You've sort of, sort of introduced that because, as I was thinking about just this year and the kinds of things that we're already starting to come up against, it feels like that's a talk that you want to have before your daughter comes home and says, "Hey, this is what I heard on the playground." It feels mm-hmm. like it's one of those things where you would like to be the one to introduce it. And then I think it's really a question of, well, you know, if I introduce it as like eight, will they not even start talking about it until 10? And I've introduced this way too early. But I think the other thing too, is that it's already starting to feel like the, the music that the girls are listening to that they're exposed to is there, their questions are coming up about the vocabulary. Uh, And, you know, it, it is, I mean, they're eight, right? It's, it's coming way fast. And I have, you've already sort of had that glancing conversation about it, right? I feel like I got really lucky in the conversation I had with the older one is we've, we've got books in our library for both the girls that from a very young age that were, you know, anatomical books and, you know, where do babies come from and, and things like that. Uh, you know, things about, um, you know, private places and, you know, what's appropriate and all that. And so they've, they've had a, a very sort of matter of fact exposure to those sorts of ideas from a very young age. And then the older one just started asking questions one day and they were all very straightforward and matter of fact. And, and I just answered them honestly and, you know, with an appropriate level of, of detail. And, and, uh, it was just like, okay, that's, I feel like it's done. And I mean, I'm sure we'll revisit it, but I, I didn't feel like I had to use euphemisms or, you know, the whole birds and bees thing. It's just like, this is just what it is. This is how it goes. And she was kind of interested. And then that was it. And then, you know, it's not, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was mind blowing to her. It was just, Mm. that's just what happens, you know, as if we were watching a nature show or something, you know, just like, that's what happens. Here's a bunch of facts. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, we say them in a way that makes sense and, Mm -hmm. you know, they kind of get it. Nice. Yeah. We, uh, I, I haven't sort of talked to my wife about this yet, but I'm like, yeah, we probably need to get on the same page as to you know, what we're going to do here. And I don't, I don't yet have a page, but I feel like we should start to figure out what this is going to look like to get ahead of it. And whether or not my hope is, is that she's going to want to address it now. And and if not, then we just sort of discuss it. But yeah, I think that I'll probably lead with some books and then, you know, we just go from there. But yeah, I, I think we'd, we'd rather be the ones to introduce it to her than it all of a sudden be like, Hey, surprise, here's this thing that's happening at school. And like, you know, she fakes it like, oh, yeah. And then she's like, I don't understand what this conversation was at school that everybody was talking about. Can you help me figure it out? So, yeah, we'll have to. Do you know what the name of the books are that you guys have? I'll, I'll find them for you. Yeah, I'll, uh, either another episode or I'll, I'll get them to you offline because okay. um, they have been very helpful. And, you know, the conversations on the playground, We've I also made that clear to her that, you know, don't you don't don't you don't need to educate 
you know, you don't need to talk about this mm-hmm. at school. You know, you don't need to, it's not everybody knows it. It's not your place to tell them about it. You know, it's just, that's something for you to know. No, so then, you know, as you said, they'd be, she'd be armed against the, you know, the outrageous theories that somebody's going to come up with and, you know, she'll just know that that's not true. Right. Well, and I think the thing too, right, is the, it sounds like there's girls are maturing at increasingly younger ages that yes, they're, they're also going to be those questions around too, like the body and, you know, all of the functions around the body. And we have not been super good at, at, uh, sort of getting in front of those things that, and, and we certainly need to, because yeah, I mean, like I keep saying, right. We don't, we don't want to be playing catch up with the kids on the playground Yeah, because right. it's, 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 I mean, it's their eight. It's going to happen pretty soon here. I mean, just remember in my own childhood, I mean, it was the, it was the older boys, you know, it was the, the, the boys that were two or three year grade, two or three grades ahead of us that kind of initiated <laughs> the <younger> guys into <laughs> yes. the, into the whole world. And, and it was, uh, it could have been, yeah, it could have been more direct and <laughs> handled a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need that sort of voodoo, you know, backroom yeah. talk. It just it didn't make any sense. I wonder when sex ed starts. Do you? Hey. Do you? I mean, I feel like we were in sixth grade when we had sex ed. But... Yeah, it was seventh for for my okay. my school. Yeah, I wonder if it's still that way now. If the if the you know the the ages have changed when they start to introduce it. You would think, as you said, everything seems to be becoming a little bit younger. Right, the downward pressure on all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there, the sex ed classes. But but in the meantime, we can we can have the kids prepared for that one class, I guess. Yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll get those books to you. I'll get those titles to you. And I'm sure there are plenty others, but it's, you know, the ones that we have, they're just, yeah, they're just very, very matter-of-fact, straightforward, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one, of them is, uh, one of them is like about how your body changes as you grow mm-hmm. up. You know, that was a good thing to have early on. That's good. Yeah. And I'll, I'll throw them in the show notes because I think um, that'll be, I, I can't be the only one that's got the question who's uh, trying to get in front of it. We hope you found today's episode informative. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash papayfatigue. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Thanks for listening.